0: Hey guys, today's episode of Black at Work is sponsored by Brittany L. Hill Wellness Company. Brittany L. Hill Wellness Company is a collective of wellness modalities that Brittany utilizes, which include, but aren't limited to, private yoga, reiki and sound healing. Brittany is a yoga instructor, reiki master teacher, wellness speaker, and all-around guide creating space for the discovery, nurturing, and reclaiming of healing and wellness, especially in Black beings. Okay, because we need it. Brittany has a distinct ability to warmly hold space for you And your energetic needs in each healing session, both in person and from a distance. Each session is individualized and amplified by breath work, intuitive practices, and includes a follow-up discussion to dive into what was uncovered during your session. So, shout out to Brittany L. Hill Wellness Co. for sponsoring this show today. I actually did get a Reiki session, and it was great. I went into it with a whole lot on my mind. And after that, I felt like I had the clarity to pursue whatever it was I wanted to pursue. So shout out to Brittany L. Hill Wellness Company for sponsoring today's
1: show. Let's get the show started. I wanted to be free. I felt trapped. I I felt trapped spiritually. There were things that I believed in that I started to believe in as I got older and I matured and I just allowed myself to experience different things in life and become more well rounded that wasn't in alignment with the Christian faith.
2: co-workers let's get right into it so if you have a book you you know what to do boo send them to us here at black at at gmail.com to our email or you can send them in anonymously or you can go ahead and put in that name so we can call you out real quick <laughs> at black at, work, at, black at or hit us up on socials everywhere at black at what up, Steve? Steve says, can I give y'all a different perspective on dating in the office? This looks like a rebuttal from last week's advice that the lady wrote in about should her and her husband or boyfriend work together. She, she wanted to give him a job or whatever. So he says, can I give you all a different perspective on dating in the office? My wife and I have been married two years, met at work and still work together. We drive separate cars in parentheses he put when we were in the office and we worked in different departments i never saw her so it's not all bad folks your future husband or wife might be at work one thing we do together is listen to your show
0: <laughs> <laughs> shout out to you steve um well that's great you know i'm so glad that they worked out for you and your lovely wife i'm sure Um, But that ain't a whole lot of people's stories, (laughs) especially in these call centers. So, I mean, we just be on here talking shit. Like, if you want to date your coworker or fuck them, I mean, that's your business. That's none of our business. So, I mean, we're just coming from our perspective. I also actually have coworker friends who work together and they're fine. So, I know it's not something that's undoable. It's just nothing that I want to do.
2: Yeah. If you, I mean, that's different. If you guys work in different departments, then obviously you're not going to ever see each other. That's cool. I'm glad y'all found each other at work. That's, that's bomb. I done had bad situations. So I don't recommend it unless like, like Dana said, y'all must don't work at a call center (laughs) because call center drama is, is very real. So, but shout out to y'all listening to the show together. That's, definitely what's up we definitely recommend <laughs> relationship bond and listen is a black at work all right well thanks steve for writing in this is not a fuck you actually uh this comes from poetic Hey, coworkers! I love the show so much. Y'all are truly my workday escape. I work remote now and been getting more into podcasts and Black at Work was the first show I ever heard or subscribed to, LOL. My question is...
0: Oh, Lord. <laughs> we hope we left a great impression. <laughs> right. Well,
2: obviously, she's still... She writing in. She engaging. Come on, girl. She says, my question is, would y'all talk about some of these hot Black shows in the break room? lovecraft country is good all rise blackish grownish, queen sugar and more nelly is killing it on dancing with the stars right now thank you for considering any books y'all are reading and we'll recommend it's cool too also i'm planning to write back in with a huge fuck you i just gotta see how it plays out first lol <laughs> i didn't
0: even know nelly was on dancing with the stars they dancing with the stars right now with COVID. I don't watch any of these shows. Well, I watch Blackish. I wanted to get into Lovecraft Country, but I haven't gotten the opportunity to do that. But. I don't know. Anessa's always asking y'all to tell us what y'all want us to talk about. So we can take a look at some of these shows. I could definitely talk about Blackish. I haven't really been following Grownish this past season, and I didn't know Nellie was on Dancing with the Stars. Shout out to Nellie. I'm from the M.I. Crooked letter, Crooked letter. I hope he wins, <laughs> but I'm concerned. About them dancing together in the <laughs> stars <we go> with COVID.
2: A lot of people in, Calif- in the California, in the entertainment business, they said we still need our coins, our check, okay? But yes, I did hear, I've been hearing this week, actually, y'all know I watch Wendy. Wendy has been saying that Nelly has been doing a really good job. I think this past week he actually... He moved to the finals. So I heard that he was doing really well. I mean, I might watch the season finale, I guess, so that we can talk about it. And I could tell you how I like his dance moves or how I don't like his dance moves. <laughs> but I love Nelly. So shout out to Nelly.
0: Yeah, I, I love, love Nelly. And hopefully he does a waltz to like hotten her or something like that, like a remix.
2: That'd be oh, dope. Right. On the season finale. Look at me giving y'all ideas. <laughs> <laughs> love. Craft Country, same. I want, I've been wanting to watch that, but I have not had time. Now look, this poetic, you done listed off one, two, three, four, five. Girl, when am I having time to take care of my child, sis? Hold on, I'm, I'm already watching. <laughs> I got a lot of shows to watch since. No, I'm just kidding. No, okay. So I'm going to commit. I do watch Blackish. I don't watch Grownish. I will commit to a couple more of these shows so that I can talk about them on the break room. I'm so glad that you wrote in and asked me what to what to say because I be want to know what y'all want me to talk about. So I'm going to commit to watch a couple more of these. So our last, this one is actually a fuck, you guys, but keep them coming. So the name is I am not your Negro, Karen. He says, help. I work for a small local company. It's literally five employees here. I am the only black man surrounded by white Trump supporting she devils. And the boss's name is Karen. Talk about being marginalized. I've had to endure explaining why black lives matter, police brutality, Kaepernick's peaceful protests, etc. These hoes pretend to be tone deaf and gaslight their way into tears. I'm just exhausted at this point. COVID hasn't made any of this easy either. These bitches be everywhere. Weddings, movies, parties, etc. They even mock me for being too careful. Recently, one of them tested positive for COVID. This bitch just had a baby and her ass didn't take any of this serious Now she's pretending that she has no clue how she called it. Really, Tori? Really? (laughs) That wedding you attended? (laughs) Now all of us have to get tested and self-isolate. Five employees in this big-ass office space, and she brings COVID into the building. And then there's Karen, the boss. Y'all are killing me with these full names. (laughs) This bitch is a proud Republican who loves her some Trump. She will pretend to be woke and liberal, but will vote her hatred into your life. She literally called the cops on a lady for leaving her trash can out at the curb. (laughs) Karen spent a whole office meeting scolding Nike and Kaepernick's kneeling during the national anthem. I'm like, this bitch needs to go and buy a stadium and have all the seats in that mofo. <laughs> I hope to be rambling, but the microaggressions and gaslighting is getting too much to bear alone. I would quit, but who is hiring during a pandemic? I often wonder, how did I end up here? I have a freaking master's degree. So mm-hmm. fuck Karen's mm-hmm. saddlebag ass, no hips happening. <laughs> <brother. laughs> fuck Elizabeth's. Office manager, Chewbacca looking, looking. cats in the stove, but want to be having a potluck, lunch his head ass. (laughs) Fuck Tori for bringing death to the office, want to be woke ass, and fuck the new bitch Melissa who doesn't do shit, but surf the internet. I hope this business goes out of business and never make any more money ever. Yes, it's petty, but I'm not your Negro, Karen. All of them can eat a huge bag of dicks and choke. Thanks for letting <sighs> <you go. laughs> Shout out to you. I'm Come not on. your Negro, Karen. This read at the end, he went down the employee list. Named everybody. The organizational list on the email. I'm finna go look up Karen's <laughs> right now. <laughs> How she look? <laughs> oh my gosh! Hold on. This deserves a pause. We don't really even have to like. Well, Dana's the one. <gasps>
0: Girl, she popped right up on Google.
2: No, what's yeah. she? Like? Hold on. <laughs> like a Karen.
0: Karen's. Oh shit, Karen, senior vice president. of She looks like a Karen. She looks like one of those bitches that we were doing that shit. <laughs> Karen's never gonna hear this show. And I'm, it's, it's the fact that her name is really Karen is what is uh, sending me.
2: That's, that's what it is.
0: Like, her name is really Karen and she doing Karen ass shit. Now, Tori, <laughs> Tori, 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 bitch. You know, you had no motherfucking idea bringing your ass to work when you were out lollipopping, bebopping, pop locking and then dropping it like it's hot, like COVID ain't out here. Y'all niggas don't give a fuck about nobody else's lives. She didn't give a fuck about the five people that y'all work with. This whole office is a mess. I, Anessa.
2: And on top of that sis just had a baby like are you do you not care about your child like you just out here all willy nilly probably ain't got no mask on just just doing a whole bunch of crazy girl work.
0: these the same motherfuckers that be in walmart with their babies with a onesie on a t-shirt onesie at that in december <laughs> no socks
2: Ooh, really tori you know where you got that from you attended that wedding just like my friend said here's the thing i mean i guess there's not a thing I'm just for you being able to vent. Honestly, this is what this is for. <laughs> this is what this segment is for. And we feel you all the way. And I'm just so here for for these reads. Man. For, for the organizational reads. Those okay. are my
0: favorite parts. Like, y'all are so funny. Man.
2: Hold on. Chewbacca, though? The lady look like <laughs> Chewbacca. The girl, too. Elizabeth. He said she looked like Chewbacca. <laughs> Y'all are hilarious. Well, if you can't quit your day job, but you got some crazy people at your job that just get on your nerves and you need some vent, just write into us, guys. and <laughs> Let out your frustrations. <laughs> Send them to us here at blackatworkpod at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media at blackatworkpod.
0: Let's go ahead and get over to the
2: water cooler. Hey.
0: So we cannot not talk about this Jeezy and Gucci battle that, like the Monica and Brandy verses, broke hella records. Everybody Mm -hmm. in a mama was watching. I think at one point... It got up to like 1.7 million. And that was just the people that were streaming on Instagram. It wasn't the people that were watching it on versus TV and all of that. So shout out to black men for making this happen. Another historical feat. But this versus terrified me. You know how you watching a scary movie and the killer about to, you know, something bad about to happen and you close your eyes in preparation the entire time these niggas was battling, that's exactly how I felt. Like I wanted them to stop talking to each other <laughs> so bad. I was just, I just knew I was going to see somebody get capped on Instagram. Like it was, it was that that tense. Anessa, who do you think won
2: the battle? Girl, I'm way too gone. What the f- is y'all doing? Hey. Who the and my wake up in the morning? Who the girl? Jeezy. Period. Okay. <laughs> First of all. Jeezy, I loved his energy. Like, Gucci was on from just some trying to beef shit. Like, Gu- Gucci, we is old now. Like, we doing this for the culture. Like, why is you trying to bring up old shit? You done not mur- how you murdered. Put one of his friends one of Jeezy's friends in the grave. Like, that's not what we're here for. We're here. And then he kept saying, why you want to play all these old songs? That's what we're here <laughs> for. I'm here for the old songs. Like, I'm here for the 99s and the 2000s. You know? Like, I got my entire life. I had my wine. Even, I even woke up to because I was like, look, I got to turn soundbar on because I'm, I'm at the club, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it was super dope. It was super dope. My opinion, I feel that Gucci won, okay? Oh, no, sis.
0: Gucci won, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, so first of all, Gucci has past and present hits. And present is the key operative word here. So yeah, Jeezy was playing his hits from my college days. Gucci was playing hits from my college days, from my young adult days, from last year when I became a mom. So as far as hits are concerned... Hit for hit, I think it's a Jeezy win. I mean, y'all can disagree with me. I really don't care. And Jeezy don't give a fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, you said it right, sis. Jeezy no, was a Jeezy win. No. <laughs> hit, hit for hit, it was a Gucci win. Y'all can disagree with me. I don't care. And Gucci also doesn't give a fuck because I highly doubt that he did this versus just to highlight his music. That nigga was in there, cut. L-A-O-N-I-N-G with a capital C, bozo face in all. So first of all, for those of you who don't know, Gucci Mane and Jeezy have been beefing since 2005 and it all started with the classic hit song So Icy. They were arguing about the publishing rights to that song and they fell out. So They were taking shots at one another in their songs and in the clubs in Atlanta. And Pookie Loke, who was a close friend of Jeezy, and he was an artist signed to his record label, him and his homies rolled up on Gucci and his homies while they were over an apartment complex belonging to some young woman. And allegedly there was a robbery attempt. Gucci got his gun out shot the dude, who is Pookie Loke, Jeezy's friend, and somehow Pookie's body ended up next to a middle school. Now, 10 days after that, Gucci turned himself in to the authorities, and a year later, the case was dropped because of insufficient evidence. And the girl that owned the apartment came forward, and all the other witnesses corroborated Gucci's story of self-defense. So he got off for killing Jeezy's friend. So for you guys that don't know how deep and long this beef is, that's the backstory. I cannot say that if I was in a room with the nigga that tried to kill me, I can't say how I would act. So I really don't judge Gucci for acting the fool. He was making me nervous as fuck not sitting down. God, Oh my nerves were just all over. The time. I'm like, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. And he kept clowning. Kept coming for Jeezy, kept taunting him, bragging about killing his friend. At one point, this nigga stood up and was like, look at my opponent and look at me. Look how he dressed and look at me. Like he was just really, really on one. so, I mean, I don't think this versus battle was for anything other than for Gucci to flex, taunt Jeezy to his face and get away with it and possibly fight and or shoot somebody like that was the whole point of Gucci showing up because honestly I think a better competitor for Jeezy would have been TI but anyway shout out to Jeezy though you could tell that he has come in his center and he is on his grown man shit he didn't engage with well he had little shots and shit to say but he really didn't engage with Gucci like that he was really acting like a 40 year old man so You know, shout out to Jeezy for keeping his composure, just playing his hits and moving on. Gucci even played his diss track against
2: Jeezy
0: to his face. And Jeezy still got up and played one of his other hits. So again, for me, it was a Gucci win because just for the hits, but a lot of people were saying, that oh jesus a grown man he he got real estate i don't know if you guys noticed but during the versus battle gucci was playing hella long ass clips of his songs and Jeezy was playing about 15 to 30 seconds of his songs and you want to know why Because Gucci owns all his masters. So he can sit up there and play every song's front to back if he wanted to. Jeezy's masters belong to Def Jam. And Def Jam said, we giving y'all bitches 15 seconds. So if you want to talk about who's the smarter businessman or whatever, like that's not an argument. This really wasn't a versus battle for music, in my opinion. This was more like two niggas squashing beef.
2: Yeah, I I feel like Jeezy was very... Mature about the whole situation because I mean, like I was saying, he Gucci kept coming for him, so uh, I feel like he was very mature. I feel like he's grown up. I feel like Genie Ma was like. Hold on, Hanai. Don't get up there embarrassing us. Don't get up there. Girl, he done got his sister because Jenny Biden got him together, okay? Okay, and he she, over there eating chia seeds, praying, <laughs> meditating, bitch. Girl, he didn't care. And Keisha K. probably was like, Gone, baby, gone right up there and do what you gotta do. her pregnancy.
0: Pregnant at all. Turned up right with his ass. Right, so. I don't judge Gucci. Like I said, I can't see how I would act in a room with a man who was accused of allegedly trying to get me killed. I don't even know if I could even had have done that. So
2: I feel like it was overall, I feel like it was a really good battle. I feel like they were the best to go toe-to-toe. Because once they changed it at the last minute, I was like, what? I thought to y'all. But once they paired them together, I was like, yeah, this is a good match. It was a really good, they put on a good show and I was there for it. I was there for the drama. I was there for all of it. It was an emotional rollercoaster. It started off with beef, then at the end, they started playing so icy and then they was back friends again. I was like, oh lord, child. Y'all know what y'all want to do it's the real housewives of uh the atlanta niggas <laughs> but shout out to both of them. it was really it was really good I, I got my entire life i was two-stepping I don't know.
0: yes it was such a good versus like i realized that i was very ratchet in college watching this versus but anyway kyle Rittenhouse. As you know, we've spoken about him on the show before. He was the young white 17-year-old dude who went to a protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and shot and killed two protesters. Well, this bitch was released from prison on a $2 million cash bond. Y'all want to know who helped bail him out? Actor Ricky Schroeder. I don't even know who the fuck that is, and I don't care. And Mike Lindell who is the CEO of MyPillow. So for all of y'all that got a MyPillow in your house, set it on fire because your money is being used to bail out white supremacists for killing two people at a protest. I just want to remind y'all that Khalif Browder was in Rikers Island for nearly five years for a backpack that he never stole, and he had no fucking bail. And this bitch is
2: out on the streets. Wow, that that's just that's crazy. And as far as that pillow, I don't know that I don't know that actor, but y'all been not watching no more of his movies, and <laughs> I do like the beehive. We need to get something for Black Lives Matter and go rank his page and <laughs> put up a whole bunch of I don't know black fists, black fists. Yeah, put up a whole bunch of black fists because that's ridiculous. And also to the my pillow person, I hope he go out of business and I hope he go bankrupt.
0: I do, so Why don't you give? Why don't you give two million dollars to Trump's campaign? He's he's still sending threatening emails to his followers because he needs money to keep doing these lawsuits that keep getting dismissed. So.
2: Girl, he needs money to keep running this campaign that he got going on in his head. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> he's still on the campaign for uh, me, while Biden. We moved on. We uh, we done packed our bags on our way to the White House, Chad. I don't know what he got going
0: on. Biden and asking for money too because Trump won't get out the White House or former transition team. So Biden sending out emails too asking for people to donate to his transition team. It's just a mess. And both of y'all niggas only gave us one two hundred twelve hundred dollars this whole year instead of asking us for money when other oh. countries have given their citizens monthly stipends, monthly stipends this means this comes every month for COVID. but the united states have given has given all of their citizens one twelve hundred dollars biden get your ass out my inbox i'm not giving you that you figure it out look we got you in there you transition the best way you know how bruh we don't have the money and
2: pass the second second stimulus fucking package damn it yeah and y'all get out whoever's in georgia get out and vote for this senator right because we need the senate and the house i don't know nothing about politics but all of that matters presidents don't make no decisions except for trump because he i mean everybody like trump but anyways, we're gonna talk about somebody else in
0: georgia yeah there's another election in january that's very very important very so important. everybody in georgia make sure you guys go out and vote I don't know specifically the names of the candidates because we weren't prepared to talk about them today, but we'll bring it up in another water cooler. Yeah, for sure. All right. So it was also discovered this past week that Mouthwash is able to kill COVID-19 within 30 seconds of exposure.
2: Come on, Mouthwash.
0: (laughs) So it's Mouthwash, T.I., not T., let me find out y'all not gargling in the morning, and that's why y'all got COVID. I'm, Girl, just, I'm he, just playing.
2: Y'all put some mouthwash in his teeth, friend. That's why they... Oh, oh. <laughs> I,
0: I, get the I, fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here.
2: <laughs> Girl, I don't know what it is, and I'm not trying to get off subject, but these people in Atlanta are not getting COVID. Y'all know my best friend losing in COVID, and she was like, yeah, the numbers are not going up. She... She does last She has a lot of clients and she has a diverse clientele and she has like nurses and all this. They're like, yeah, the numbers are not going up. I don't understand why the numbers ain't going up there. But in Texas, we got over a million cases. So I'll
0: tell you why. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because black people were literally invented in Atlanta. So the black people there have like magical black superpowers where they're able to just be black and rich and not have to deal with this shit that's that's what it is and that tea and the tea the tea the tea is a great the biggest thing it's the tea (laughs) (laughs) fuck out of (laughs) here oh
2: my gosh
0: so really quickly bobby brown's son bobby brown jr died this past week at the age of 28 the details of his death have not been reported But rest in peace, young King. I feel so terrible for Bobby Brown Sr. Because he has taken loss after loss after loss. And I never want to imagine what it's like to lose a child. So I can't even imagine how difficult that was for him and his family. They're just going through it. And it's the holidays. Love, prayer, support, all of that to Bobby Brown, King R&B. So sorry for your loss.
2: Yes, so sorry for your loss. That is so sad. I can imagine losing one child, but to lose two in such a short amount of time, like, yeah. That's that's a hard pill to swallow. He's very strong. I don't know how he does it, but yeah, definitely shout out to him and condolences to him and his family.
0: So, 50 cent claimed this past week that he declined <laughs> He declined a 1 million dollar offer to attend Donald Trump's inauguration what inauguration bitch <laughs> what inauguration are you going to um I mean, what is not what is not clicking it has been what three weeks what what, <laughs> what isn't clicking you would not going to the inauguration anyway nigga ain't no inauguration bitch stay your ass at home on instagram writing jokes like you always do and just sit the fuck down i purposefully did not talk about trump a lot on this show because fuck him i'm tired of his i'm tired of his antics it's just gonna keep going on and on and we at this point we don't even have to pay attention to it why because in what less than two months this bitch will be back
2: at mar-a-lago with his whole clan or hopefully in prison that too we don't care about, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm I'm so glad that you said that we're not going to waste more, any more time on Trump because Trump, you lost, we're moving on, swallow the pill. I don't know what kind of pill it is. I'm not recommending no type of pill, but I'm just saying, <laughs> swallow whatever pill it is that you use or whatever pill that your son recommends because we know he, they say he likes to coke <laughs> and just. Go on somewhere. We started talking about you. I, I mean, you're honestly, your name is not even worthy to be even mentioned on this beautiful black excellence gifted
1: podcast that we got.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my friend said, What's not clicking? start? what's not registering? Is it, 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 did you work? What is it? What do you need? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's done. It's over. But so get out. Nada. <laughs> do we have to say it do we need to say it in spanish russia i mean russian i mean do we need to call putin and help you put a little fire into that little booty or that girl because
0: well these niggas that support him i think they're slowly starting to realize they are in defeat fox news commentator Geraldo. i don't know if you guys remember this nigga he used to have a talk show he says that we should name that we should name the COVID vaccine after Trump to soften the blow of his loss. So he wants it to be like, hey, did you guys get your Trump? Yeah, I got my Trump. It's okay to go. No, I have never even used the word president followed by this bitch's name in the past four years. And I'd be damned if I'm walking around. Did I, did you, did you get your Trump? I'm a purposefully call it the COVID-19 vaccine. And my kids aren't even going to know you, you were ever even, and I'm telling my kids that Obama <laughs> was president when they were born. I don't care if they get that wrong in the history class. If I see a mark wrong, i am be like, you answered it right. Good job, boo-boo. You are going to disappear. You're a disgrace. You're a disgrace to yourself, your family, this country. And bye. This is the last, this is, I'm not going to say this is our last Trump shit. But we coming off this nigga. Like, we don't want to hear nothing else about this nigga. And Rudy Giuliani and the rest of y'all lawyers keeping on with this these bullshit lawsuits that keep getting thrown out in all of these states, y'all need y'all bar cards set ablaze. Get the fuck out. We're over you.
2: And the only reason why I know what look I don't forgot his name, the Gerardo guy that's on uh, Fox. Yeah, I know him was because I was, watched Big Brother, and he was on The Apprentice. He was on The Apprentice. You know what that nigga was on The Apprentice. <laughs> all tra- man. I'm so done. Like. I I don't like him, and he's a frog. Er, 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 (laughs) er, Jump your ass in a pond and go go somewhere and sleep. We are not naming that after Trump. You know what? I'm I'm just done. Y'all are ignorant. We're tired of talking about Trump. Like Trump is over. It's it's Biden Harris at this point. We moving on. Moving on, like Maya. And speaking of, that's it for the water cooler this week, guys. Let's take a break. All right, Dallas co-workers. So on November 27th, that is Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving, there will be a live recording at Remnants of Faith Church located in Dallas, Texas. That's 825 West Pentagon Parkway in Dallas, Texas, featuring artists like Crystal Aiken. I love her. Billy Mitchell, Charisma Evans, and Jeremiah Cannon. It starts at seven and get this, y'all. It's a free event. Okay. So Woo! We love free. <laughs> yes, we love free. So if you are available, it's right after Thanksgiving. I'm sure you ain't gotta go to work, but if you do, it's at seven o'clock. It's free, good singing. And if you're just trying not to think of all the tragedy that's going on in the world in America, ca ka, 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 then show up for a good gospel singing event. Amen. <gasps> Hey
0: man. (laughs) All right, guys, let's be back to the show. Today, guys, for our Down to Business segment, we have Monique Farouk, who is a mom, wife, small business owner, and content creator. Prior to marriage and entrepreneurship, Monique was an ordained minister. She resigned after a spiritual awakening and no longer associates with any religious organization. Monique has been a small business owner for 10 years, and her and her family reside on the East Coast. Monique, welcome to our show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. So excited to have you here. We really wanted to kind of get into your life as a minister, what that experience was like, and what led you to leaving the church and not affiliating with any religious organizations and then starting your own business?
1: Yeah, girl, it's a, it's a, it's a ride. It's a ride. It's, just, it's so much I could say. But it started when I was in my early 20s. And I joined a church that my sister was already a part of when I was about 22 and a half almost 23 years old and I just I really joined the church because my sister was a part of it and I wanted to be closer to her she lived in Baltimore City at the time and I just wanted to be close to her and my niece and build a relationship with her because she actually had gotten saved before I did like a year or so before I did and I had a home church that I grew up in, but I wanted to be closer to her. I wanted us to do something together as a, as sisters, you know what I mean? So that's how it all really started. And I really wasn't looking to be any kind of leader in the church. I just wanted to be there with my sister and get a couple of get a couple of good words in on Sundays, you know, and maybe once a week.
2: Now, was this a Pentecostal church? Was it a
1: Baptist church? Yeah. What kind of church? <laughs> church oh of Christ. <laughs> Girl, it was, it wasn't, it was non-denominational, but okay. it was like a Baptist church because, you know, it was the get your shout on moments, moments where we didn't, he, my, my, my former pastor who was now deceased, God rest his soul, where he wouldn't even preach sometimes on Sundays because the atmosphere was just like, everybody was on one accord. And so we had many, many days like that. And No, we, it was non-denominational, just Christian, but a lot of it had a Baptist feel to it.
2: Gotcha. So, you know, you said you weren't looking to be a minister or anything like that. You just trying to go get, trying to go get a word child. So what was it that made you say, you know what, I want to be a minister. And what actually happened to where you said, you know what, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. I I can't do this anymore. And actually I don't want to even be a part of any uh, church or any type of uh, denomination.
1: So if we start from the top, where I left off, where I joined the church, I was there probably about a good year and some change before my sister and I both actually were leveled up to ministers in trainings. And it was on a Sunday, I'll never forget it. And my pastor didn't give us any indications that he was looking to even mentor and train anyone in the, in the congregation other than who those who were already appointed ministers in trainings. And so it was on his heart, from what I understand, for a while, and then on that particular Sunday, it was one of those moments. It was one of those moments where it was just like really high spirits in the church, and he announced that my sister and one of our good friends at the time we would be the new three ministers in trainings. So there was no indication from him other than him giving me like little small tasks to do that were leadership role types, and so that was it. There was really no indication, and that's how I got in. That's how I actually became a minister in training. It just kind of happened on a whim in my, in my point of view, but he had been planning it for a while yeah. and it was placed on his heart.
0: You know, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, I grew up in church as well. I'm a pastor's kid. I know y'all can't tell by the way, I'll be cursing mm-hmm. on this show, but that's because nobody was allowed to cuss in my house and I didn't grow up hearing no fucking cussing. <laughs> now I'm just playing. But growing up, I always felt like anybody called to higher positions within the church was quote unquote called by God, and it sounds like your pastor might have either got that from God and you didn't get it, or he might have just appointed you guys to that. It, was that you guys' philosophy, or is that usually how that type of church is ran?
1: You know, with those types of ter- churches, that's usually how it's ran, but I also, but myself personally. Even back then, I always believed that whatever God has planned for someone, no matter their religious background, it's going to be on their heart first before it goes to anybody else. Right. And I saw myself in leadership roles at the church. I just didn't think it would be as a minister. You know, like it was never, to me, that's a very serious title. And so I was so young and I hadn't even been saved very long when it happened. Like I said, it was over like a little over a year that I had been there. And I wasn't out there trying to like be the teacher's pet kind of thing, the pastor's pet, you know, or anything like that. I just had I had strong leadership qualities. And I think he saw that in me. And then he started just praying and meditating on whether it would be the right thing in the right direction to go in. So do you feel like it was the right thing for you? I, I do believe that, it, that at that time in my life, it was it was it was in an alignment. and. I don't regret having taken on the role and saying yes to it. I'm not at all, and I, I probably would still be a minister if I had never resigned. To be quite honest,
2: why did you resign? Like, was there something going on with the church, or was there, or were yeah. there just your own personal reasons as to, to why you wanted to resign?
1: It was both. It was a lot going on. The pastor who originally leveled me and my sister up to ministers and training he passed away and then a good friend of his who would come in sometimes and fill in for him if he had to travel or something like that took over the church and merged his church with our church and it was the dying wish of my former pastor to have the church merge with his and so they were best friends and so that's what happened and so I was actually ordained under the new pastor And not my pastor who gave me the minister and training title and was my mentor. And probably about a year and a half after he took over and the churches were merged and it was going pretty good and things. I was doing a lot of studying on my own at that time about religion and just going a step further and learning about other various religions out there in the world. And. There was the reason I actually left was because there were things happening within the church with leadership and with that pastor that I didn't agree with. And so the day that I wrote the letter and sent it in by mail, I didn't warn anybody about it. I just did it, sent it in by mail. And I sent it in by mail because I wanted him to read it and I wanted him to reflect on it before he tried to contact me, which he did. And we had a conversation for like two hours that day. And I told him everything as to why I left. and he. He was very receiving. He wasn't defensive and he heard me out and he said, you know, I'm here if you ever change your mind. And I think that if you stay on the team, that you can help me with some of these things that you have complaints about. And I told him, no, I'm good because I already had it in my mind that I was no longer going to, I was no longer going to associate myself with any religious organizations because I was disgusted. I wanted to be free. I felt trapped. I I felt trapped spiritually. There were things that I believed in that I started to believe in as I got older and I matured and I just allowed myself to experience different things in life and become more well-rounded that wasn't in alignment with the Christian faith. And a lot of that has to do with some things in history that I learned. Um, And so it was, yeah, that's kind of how I went.
2: (laughs) Now that's very interesting because to your point, when I went to when I went when I went off to college, I went to HBCU. Mm-hmm. I always say that. I learned a whole lot about, um, and I didn't go really like a lot in depth. But one of the classes mm-hmm. that I took went on about like Christianity and how a lot of a lot of these holidays that we celebrate aren't real. Da 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 da. So, like, I'm just interested if you can give like one of mm-hmm. the examples of like what you found or what what you know what did you find in your history search or whatever that said okay this is not in alignment with what i want or this is not in alignment with with what you know the christians are saying just like one or two examples of of what that was for you
1: i'll give i'll give one for example christianity if you look into christianity and how it started now you think about africa and the the various religions and regions and in various religions that come from different regions they're all different and specifically the West Africans from which we come from, right? They had a form of Christianity that Caucasians and Europeans, I feel like was kind of stolen from the land of Africa.
0: Come on with this knowledge. There's I hope feelings. that every, everybody is listening yeah. right now. Finish <laughs> telling on. the story. Finish telling
1: them. Tell them. It's the truth, sis. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't what you think. It's the truth. Come on. So Christianity The African version of Christianity was not called Christianity. Christianity was a word that was created by Caucasians. When they visited Africa, they mingled with the Africans. They learned from each other and they were taught about the ways of the people in that region. And I believe, don't quote me, that parts of Christianity came from the the black Muslims that were living in Africa. And there is a separate text that the bible was taken from and there's many texts that are not even in today's king james version bible that are that have been left out purposely to fulfill the selfish the selfishness of former slave masters and those yes. who, because it, it started long before that. We're talking way before the 1400s when slavery started really kicking off, right? So Christianity had already been formed. And so they create this image You know what what the one thing that stood out to me the most that was contradictory is that in the King James Version Bible, they describe Jesus as having woolly hair and bronze skin, right? But the image that we all grew up seeing as Jesus was a Caucasian man, a European man who was a real man, who was the son of, and a lot of you probably heard Caesar. Yep. And so that's the image that us Black Americans here in these United States of America and that a lot of our brothers and sisters in Africa still believe because- when they were overrun and taken over by Caucasians, that is the image that they that they came with. But really they were just bringing back a religion that they already had there and they just made it into the way that they wanted it to be to get them to do what they wanted them to do and to enslave the people and to become part of the massive slave trade and Chateau slavery and all that things that were already going on. And they took it every to every continent that they ever overrun. I just had this image in my head, like, well, the Bible said that Jesus had woolly hair and brown skin, but all we see is this Caucasian man, this European man. It doesn't make sense to me. And I thought about it as a kid, but it wasn't until I got older until I started connecting the pieces. And when I became a minister, because I was being mentored and learning various things in history and, and going to the history books along with reading my Bible at the same time, and it just started popping out. You know, the Bible says, seek ye and you will find, and that can happen. When you're you're in a religious organizations and I've seen a lot of pastors over the last 10 years come out about this type of thing and they start to and things start popping out at them because they're not just reading the Bible. They're reading the Bible and also reading history books. And the Bible to me is nothing more than a history book. And there's great wisdom in there that to which I still believe in. But I just don't I don't attach myself to one religious organization because I think that there's much to be learned from different religious organizations and teachings
0: and to piggyback off of what you just mentioned when we were brought over here as slaves Mm -hmm. they would not allow us to read and write that was Mm -hmm. a killable offense Mm -hmm. we couldn't learn anything but the only thing that they did give us to learn was Christianity. And more specifically, they focused on the scriptures of forgiveness and Mm -hmm. slaves obey your master and all of that. So just think about it. You got a whole generation of people who are getting their religious knowledge from the people that own them. So it's going to skew their viewpoints that's going to skew how they see things see okay so the baseline of Christianity is you have to be a forgiving person (laughs) and there are several people all related to one another that I really just don't forgive so I could never even put that label on me just because you foundationally you can't be a Christian if you're Unforgiving of some, somebody and you know, pray for me. I'm going to therapy, but Mm -hmm. the whole point of them indoctrinating us with this religion from the beginning was for control. They even used Mm -hmm. the Bible to justify segregation 50 years ago. So this Mm -hmm. is very, very interesting discussion. And I hope that the listeners that we have have done this type of research themselves and already know this stuff and this is just, you know, conversation for them. And I hope some people learn some new things because there's so much stuff. Religion in the black community period. It, there's just mm-hmm. so many layers. Even I went to a African church, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everybody in there was African. The pastor All the congregation, I was the only person that was born in America, okay? They Mm -hmm. had the hugest picture of white Jesus (laughs) on their pulpit, and I just could not even wrap my head around that. I don't know why people focus on that picture of that man. He's just a regular man. Mm -hmm. That's not Jesus. But to another point, though, I have been abroad uh I studied abroad in France for a semester in college and we went to Notre Dame and as soon as you walk in Notre Dame what is it a big ass statue of a black jesus they got black jesus and black disciples all over the walls all over the church so it's like one part of the world knows this truth and the other part aka America and western civilization have kind of clung to this idea of Christ. So mm-hmm. to me, it's just this big ball of mess and confusion. So I'm so glad that you're here to kind of give us an alternate point of view of, of looking at that. So mm-hmm. you said that you had your own spiritual awakening and it involved researching other religions and learning more about your history. Did you come to some sort of conclusion on your journey or are you still on it?
1: You know, Spirituality, and you know, there's always that running joke and that meme, like the one that says, "When you say you're spiritual, what kind, of, what, what, exactly does that mean? You know, I need to know what kind of spirits you pray into and <laughs> right. whatever I, the case. You know what I'm saying? I like, get that. These are spirits too. I get that. But at the end see, my view is, I don't know if they're ready for this, y'all. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I should say this because my, my, my vision. My here's my thing, and this is the other thing that a lot of people who are atheists believe in. Is that okay? If there's a God, then why is there so much tragedy in the world? And so we always say that, you know, God gives us free will. Okay, but if God gives us free will, then why doesn't God, then why is the Christian faith and many other religious organizations, Catholicism too, because they use the same Bible, right? then why is it so restrictive in what we should or should not believe in? And I feel like to me, the first commandment and the only commandment should be to love. Because if you have love for people and you truly empathize with people, it erases all the evil out there. Out there, It will, it will, it will erase stealing from one another. It will erase rape and harm to children and to women and to men. It will erase war. It will erase all those things if there was just love. And that was the greatest teaching of Jesus was that if you just love your neighbor, that's more than enough. And I think that Jesus and the gentleman whose life is depicted in the Bible, he was forward thinking and he was free thinking. And there's a lot of instances in the Bible where Jesus is talking about your, I don't know if anybody's familiar with this, but your chakras from your sacral onto your crown chakra. There's instances in the New Testament where we're talking about that. But because I think in a black church, we focus on, we have, there's like 10 scriptures that the black church focuses on. They don't go into anything else. Yep. They don't go into to many other things. They 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 use what they want instead of looking at the full picture, which is how the spiritual awakening kind of happened for me. Because I'm like, first of all, if you even dig into science a little bit, how is it that a man that a woman can come from a man's uh, ribs when all life on Earth starts with a woman's womb? Even animals, it starts with the female womb. Of of course, there's animals out there like seahorses who the men will carry the the, the children, but she. And, and the woman is essentially carrying the sperm or the eggs and she imparts it into the male seahorse. Right. And he carries it. But for human's sake. Life does not happen on Earth without first coming through the womb, the woman's womb. That's why we have belly buttons, because we are attached to our mothers through our umbilical cords. So you're not going to sit here and tell me that I, as a woman, came from the rib of a man. That's out of order. ma 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 mama. <laughs> okay. I don't know. The intersectionality of religion and and science comes together. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Like you said, I don't know if people are ready for that
1: type of discussion. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, situation. it's a little too close to the holidays. I don't know. You know, I don't know if they're ready. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, they're gonna get it today if they listen it right? now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: but honestly, yeah, I yeah. I spent the majority of my 20s as an atheist because of similar reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I obviously found my way back to God or whatever, but my new path to God looks very different. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. similar to you. Like, I really don't attach to religion. I focus on the God within. Mm-hmm. I feel like God has placed so many things here on earth in order for us to be able to hear from him a lot of people, this is really going to sting a lot of people, but I believe that God speaks to us through astrology. And I think astrology is, um, so looked down on in religion because of that reason. They, they, they don't want you to hear from God yourself. They want you to listen to them tell you about God. And like you said, they focus on the same 10 scriptures, have the same 10 types of sermons and all of that. And, and and honestly, I found a church that I'm comfortable with now, but it was so mm-hmm. hard to get an open, moving forward church, especially since mm-hmm. we've been so conditioned. Yes, we have been so conditioned to yeah. believe this way, to think this way, to think that is of the devil, to think that's not real, to think those things. And unfortunately, it it makes a whole lot of closed-minded people. You know what I mean? And so I am so glad that we're having this open discussion. Nobody throws tomatoes at us. Just listen. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Because this is a really important Mm -hmm. discussion. Like a lot of black people don't even know where their origins of Christianity came from. They don't even know why they're Christian just because their mom, their grandma, their grandmama, that grandma, that grandma was a slave Mm -hmm. and her Mm -hmm. master made her serve Christ. So my whole journey, and I didn't mean to take over your your story, but my journey oh, my c- came as as far as like discovering the God within me, and so I think that that's highly important. Just being more intuitive with him. We had a, a ad or earlier about Reiki sessions. That's another thing that I do mm-hmm. in order to draw myself closer. So. I'm like, again, I'm so glad that we're having a a discussion because there's more than one way to worship. There's Mm -hmm. one way to serve God. There is more than one way to believe in God. And you don't have to follow this white ass, King James ass, telephone ass Bible. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, when I say telephone, I mean, it has been, these are stories that have been told and retold and retold and written over and over and over in certain languages. So as for me, I can't look at that text and take every word, you know, mm. to heart because I, mm. I don't know which words were God's, which words were y'all's, like, you know what I mean? Mm.
1: So yeah. and so much of the Bible is not even in red. Yeah. And y'all know what the red means in the Bible. We don't have to tell that you guys. Means that
0: God that's God speaking. That, you're yeah. right.
1: So much of it has has no, has no red in it. And and to go, to go back to piggyback off of what you were saying earlier about just the conditioning of and the one thing that I started to realize with religion is that you couldn't ask questions, yep, that defied or that you you felt like the Bible was contradictory towards itself. And my whole thing, too, was that you have us talking about the Bible, but Jesus also said that your body is a temple, right? Mm -hmm. And here we have, I'm sorry, overweight pastors and preachers and ministers eating any and everything. Mm -hmm. Then you have the idea that everything is witchcraft and then you don't talk to any mediums and don't talk to any people that are clairvoyant and don't see any rake high specialists don't do any of those things why because it's going to take you away from what they want you to be indoctrinated to Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. come on tell them because i had gifts i had gifts that you i couldn't talk about because it would have been perceived as witchcraft but if anybody knows anything about esoteric symbolism and things like that, there's always a yin a yin and a yang, a black and a white, a good and the evil. There's no good without even There's no evil without good. Right. And so those things just began to pop out at me. And I'm like, OK, but we take on the first of every Sunday, we take community, eat of the body and drink of the blood. Is that not a form of witchcraft? Doesn't mean that it's bad, right, because the the good and the bad is within the heart of the person.
0: You're so right. There's so many contradicting paradigms within our black church community especially church of god in christ girl kojic kojic folks i'm gonna pray for y'all but um (laughs) so many uh mis misconstrued thoughts and a lot of people not really listening to god but listening to their pastors and just like i was mentioning earlier when I feel like people in those positions are called by God and it's clear. There's a mm-hmm. lot of pastors who just woke up and say, you know what? I want to be a pastor. I want to be rich. Mm-hmm. Paula White, she one of them. I
1: want to be rich. On, don't even get me started on her because she pissed me off the other week with this Trump stuff. Oh. Oh, oh my God! Oh, we you let know. her have
0: it. We already let her have
1: it. I heard it. I heard
0: the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they just wanted to do it for money and fame and access. I don't even know if you guys remember the that movie? show, Real Real Pastors of Hollywood or something. It was that was. Yes. It was
1: like one season or something, wasn't it? Yeah, they needed it to was get a out
2: because I used to watch it. Oh, you did! <laughs> was like, wasn't the one watch with
1: it. Dietrich Haddon? Wasn't Dietrich Haddon on that? One? Yes, Dietrich Haddon was. He like was. That. He was trying to plead his case about moving in with his fiance before they actually got married. Right. I remember that. Get me started. Okay? Dietrich Haddon
2: and Noel Jones
1: was on there as well. Oh my gosh! And then let's not forget that. To piggyback off one of the other statements we were talking about is that the the Bible also states that the Spirit of God does not dwell in temples built by man's hands. Come on. Come on, Jesus. So, What does that mean? That means that the spirit of God lies within us. We are born with the spirit of Christ.
2: I just I just want to say to be clear, like a lot of people and I know we kind of mentioned this, but just to pick just to say this again, really do your research because. Like Dana was saying, like you know, we're Christians because our our mama is Christian. I went to church because I went to try to go. I had to be at church early in the morning till okay. like, in the morning, okay? And you know, and then when I went like I said when I went to school, I had a real awakening and I was like, "Hold on. This something ain't right." And so, do your research and it's no it's not your mm-hmm. fault because we have been conditioned. Like we always say we have been conditioned and we have been trained to view and do things a certain way because of what happened, you know, years and years ago. And it's nobody's fault, but definitely do your research on your own and find out what it is that that we're talking about so that you can, you know, have your own mind. And And if you end up want to be a Christian, still, hey, stay a Christian or, you know, yeah, yeah. if you want to just at least be well informed, correct. You know? be exactly. well informed. That is correct be well-informed or take some, some things like Dana was saying. And like Monique was saying with a grain of salt or, you know, don't take everything because, because like you said, Jesus ain't, and I always just say that yeah, Jesus ain't talking enough in here for me. Why, What? Where? why, why he ain't saying, why God ain't saying so much? All, all I see is a lot of black words. What a red word is that? Saying,
1: <laughs> Lord, why you
2: ain't speaking a lot? Now
1: I need to hear from you Chad. Now, hold on. <laughs> yeah and then like we become, and then especially if you have like a Baptist type church, like I grew up in a church that was Methodist-based, and so there was no shouting on Sundays, and they still don't, and they're non-denominational now. So the experience with my sister, I thought I started to become addicted to the shouting mm-hmm. to get me a good shout in whenever I could. Mm. because it took you on an emotional and spiritual high that you can get without doing all of that if you just sit down for a minute and meditate and be quiet. Mm. Come on. Because that's the other thing, because we pray so much, we pray so much, but they don't teach you to meditate along with prayer. And you don't have to pray directly to Christ. You can pray to all that is good that the creator has created. You can pray to Mother Earth because let's be real. She provides all that we need to breathe and eat. Yeah. And when I say my prayers, I say thank you to Mother Earth for pro- for providing this meal to the animal that gave its life willingly or unwillingly. There's a whole lot that we can go into, but you, I think a lot of a lot of people in the black church, they get addicted to the spiritual high. They get addicted to let's get a word. I want to hear a word from God. Mm-hmm. You already had the word at home before you got this. He told you to leave that man alone. OK, <laughs> come on, <laughs> preach, <laughs> you know, and we out here leaving jobs and positions that could take us forward in waking life outside of the spiritual life because we thought we heard a word from God that quit our job. Wow. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. And people are out here getting evicted. I've done it. So I know what it's like.
0: Getting evicted, paying tithes, and like, doesn't make sense. Your pastor drives a BMW and come on, you can't even see what I'm feed saying? your children. But he told you to give your whole check to the church because that's what wants wanted to do.
1: Meanwhile, he living up in three, four, five thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. And you still living in seven hundred square feet in your apartment. And there's nothing wrong with that but you can't ask the people and 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 beat into their head that they must pay this 10% of their of their tithes. and they're having difficulty keeping up with BG&E. Yep.
2: Yeah, and you know what? We could talk about this for oh, hours god. and hours. Yeah. Girl. We could re- we we really could, but oh god. <laughs> I do want you I do want to ask you, like, are you currently doing anything to push this type of message for like, or is that what your business, how do, is that, how is that what your business is about? Or, you know, are you doing anything that teaches these types of things or teaches spirituality or anything like that?
1: You know, I, I don't, I don't keep the information and the wisdom to myself. I believe in meeting people where they are. And so I have a lot of open dialogues about this type of thing on social media, with people that I meet in public and such. But I just believe in meeting people where they are. And if somebody comes to me and they're a diehard Christian, I'm not going to go back and forth with you about this thing because you're not ready.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that was one thing I learned with my relationship with my sister when she was still very um, super religious, you know, and I just I, I couldn't give her more than she could handle without devastating her. And, you know, conversations with my, with my mother and conversations here and there with my dad about it without going too deep, you know, and destroying or devastating. People are very emotionally connected to their religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so it is very difficult when you step out of that and everybody around you is still speaking that language that no longer resonates with your spirit and where you're, and where you're going and the life that you want to live. So when people have conversations, we oh the devil is at work. Da, da da No, it has nothing to do with the with the devil. People are just evil because evil exists. There's no place under this earth or out of this realm and in this dimension, which is why I love science so much. And and there's no other dimensions. Period. When you go, when you die, you go on. You become spirit again because that's how we start as a spirit, and we become. We don't have any when we go when you. There's no heaven. And when I think the Bible talks about heaven, I think it's just talking about that dimension outside of being a living person where all spirits dwell, wherever that is. Right. And I believe that God has no gender because God is supposed to be a part of each of us. So I believe that God has no gender and that I, I don't believe in calling it God or him or her It's just God is God. Creator is creator. That's why I use the creator, the word creator a lot because it doesn't confine God to this little bit of space that we as humans try to put and put God into. And I just meet people where they are. If they ask me certain questions, and it seems like they're curious, I will answer them. But I'm not going to freely give that information and have a battle back and forth about it. It's not worth it.
0: Yeah, I totally feel you on that religion, politics, and whether or not Chris Brown can beat Usher in the verses. Those mm. are the topics
2: <laughs> that I avoid
1: at <laughs> all costs okay.
0: because I ain't getting into it with you niggas. Like you can think whatever you want to think, but man, that was that was an amazing discussion, and I really really love the alternative viewpoint that you gave us and our listeners on your on your journey from ministering to where you are now. So just to switch gears a bit, because we do want to talk about your next job, which is entrepreneurship. You own your own Mm -hmm. business. So tell us what that's about. Tell us how you even got into that realm. What type of business is it? Why did you want to start the business? How did that look for you in the beginning? And how are you guys doing now?
1: Well, I got into entrepreneurship because of my husband. When I met him, he was an entrepreneur and had been for a very long time. For most of his adult life. And so it wasn't a hard transition because I was already freelancing myself as a cosmetologist when I met him. And so I had a vision of possibly opening up like a day spa or something like that. And we had discussed it and weighed the pros and the cons. And then I did some more soul searching. And, um, we had discussions about opening up restaurant, carry out restaurants, which is what we do and what we've been doing for the last 10 years is focusing on the carry out restaurant business. I did actually own a tanning salon for like almost three years as well. Too. Um, we used to live in Pennsylvania and I had a tanning salon in because it was in a predominantly Caucasian area and that worked out really well. Gone take them white and dollars. Yes. <laughs> ah, you silly. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. And um, yeah, so we're in the carry out restaurant business. We're like your urban neighborhood carry out. You know, we sell a little bit of everything, a little soul food, a little traditional pizza, things like that. And he was basically like my mentor. And he was a hard mentor too, because he teach you one time and you better get it or you ain't got it. You know what Uh-oh. I mean? So <laughs> it was it was not easy though. It was not easy being a wife to him and also him being like my boss to a certain extent, because I have Uh, A-type personality traits. And so I'm like, I got to go home to be this man's wife and he got to be my boss a little bit at work too. Like, this is not, this is crazy. But, you know, with a lot of trial and error error, and figuring out what our respective roles were in the businesses and collaborating together and not collaborating when I didn't want to collaborate, you know, and so now I am a stay-at-home mom mostly with my son and I still handle some administrative things for the businesses. That he doesn't like to tend to and I'm really way more organized than he is. Let's keep it real. And so and so I do a lot of the administrative stuff at home. It doesn't require a lot of time. And we had already agreed when we got married that if we had children, I would stay home and I could do any side hustles or anything like that that I wanted to do. But we still are in the, in the carryout business. We hope to remain in the carryout business and take on a different role and go back into angel investing and investing other people who would like to open up carryouts or other kinds of uh, food businesses in the future.
0: Shout out to your husband. That, that's <laughs> dope. Like, I mean, wouldn't we all want to meet somebody who's already in a space and we can just kind of hop into that space and learn more. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. That that really is. So I did
1: get lucky. I I I I'm, I'm so grateful to it too. I definitely am.
0: Definitely. Okay.
2: Um, (laughs) 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 They were like, do he got a brother? Okay. (laughs) A best friend. Okay. Uh, Hold on. A dog. But you know what? I will say this.
1: I will say this. Um, My husband is not black. He's actually South Asian. He's from Bangladesh. And so, obtaining loans and getting funding is much easier than it would be for a black man. Right. Uh, Even though he's a man of color because South Asian people are looked at a higher, um, with more respect than black men. And so I think that contributed, contributed to a lot of his success really early in his twenties like that. And I'm going to keep it all the way. 100. And we, we, we have these conversations all the time because we have a Brown son now, you know? And so, he does recognize and realize that he probably had more advantages than the average black man, being that he was South Asian and that they looked at a little bit more respectably.
0: Oh, of course, we um, yeah. have that model, mono- model
1: exactly. minority stereotype, prejudices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Baby, y'all need to take some notes from Monique Okay, this okay. She over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm over here on Bangladesh dating right now trying
1: find, <laughs> real. trying to find me like a lot
2: of businesses Monisa let me say yeah. he ain't black man he, he, he's Bangladesh
1: no I like to keep it 100 because <laughs> no, I, I don't I, I don't want to present a false narrative y'all can't see me and so I don't want to present this and y'all get on my website or something and be like hold on wait a minute she ain't even married to no black man what is going on you know I just I like to put it out there for that reason because there's so much racism in business and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and getting the loans but i will say if you're a black woman listening you have a higher chance of getting that loan before black men will and right people it, and it may mainly pretty much all other races respect the black woman before they will a black man and they will gravitate to the black woman before they will a black man and so I there are there are um, if you're in your local community or state, you can find that there are grants available for black women and minority owned businesses. Yep. And so I encourage you to look those things up. The money is there. You just got to seek you and find it, girl.
2: Come on, Monique.
1: <laughs> yeah. There, <laughs> there. Life, there. I love it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. and she, Thank you, guys. She's right.
0: I mean, that that would explain why black women. Are the breadwinners in majority of their households, even when yeah. they're married? Yeah. So you know, yeah. like I, I, I even told my nephew this. He's twenty eight, mm-hmm. and he was having a difficult time finding a job in the city and state that he was in,
1: mm-hmm. and it's
0: because a lot of the jobs there for someone with his skill set and his knowledge, which you know would be typical of anybody just growing up in the city, going to public school, you know, go mm-hmm. to college, all of that. There were no quality jobs available for my mm-hmm. nephew. And on the on the other side, I have a friend with two master's degrees. He is actually an engineer in the mm-hmm. same city and could not get a job. So mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's sad that it is. these are it our is. realities. But you're right black women have a better chance of getting these loans and things over our, our Kings and that, and that's really sad.
1: It's sad. It. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah. Cause I have, I have, I have black nephews that'll be, you know, that are not too older than my son and it might be them one day, you know, and I just hope that I'm in a position that I can help, you know, whether it's financially or pointing them in the right direction for mentorship. But you also, I think another key point is that, be careful of where you go to school too, because your school and who and your environment and the culture of that college that you go to will present opportunities for you to network with the right type of professors and speakers and whoever else comes across that school. So it may, it matters. It definitely matters. All of it matters for sure.
2: And also I just want to touch on, you 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 talked about your your businesses and your entrepreneurship, um, but you also are a content creator. Can you kind of touch on what that looks like and what type of content do you create for who and is, is that on social media or just kind of explain that to us a little bit?
1: So after I had my son, he was actually conceived through IVF. I was diagnosed with infertility at 29 years old in 2012 after the two years of marriage and four years of being together with no baby never being pregnant in my entire life or anything. And after I had him in 2017, about two, a year and a half ago, I wanted to do something passion filled and I wanted to do something to give back to the infertility community. And being a black woman, I felt almost like it was my duty to use my experience and wisdom of going through infertility to be there for others and to give platform for black women to feel safe and create a safe space For black women to be able to come on and speak about their journeys, and black men, and LGBTQ plus, and anybody else who needed a space to share their struggles with infertility and becoming pregnant and conceiving their path to parenthood. And so, I have a podcast that's a year old, and I'm also very active on Instagram for the infertility community. And I became passionate about it because I, I, you know, everybody says, "Girl, go get that seat at the table," and me, I'm the opposite. I'm like, "Girl, if the seat ain't there, create it." And so that's what I did. I created the seat that wasn't there when I needed it, support, community and all those things as a woman of color and feeling safe and feeling like I'm not going to be pushed aside or looked over. And so that's what I've been doing for the last year and it's blossoming into something I couldn't even imagine. And um it's been a real blessing for myself and my healing from infertility as well as being a premature uh former premature mom, Nikki mom for 4 months.
0: You and you've had some pretty dynamic guests on your show this year. Can you speak a little bit about what it was like hearing other perspectives because you have all different types of people on your mm-hmm. show. So, what was it like for you gaining different perspectives on infertility and how it related to your own personal struggle? Did it did it change the way that you thought about it? Did it change the way you the way you pr- approached it? Or did it just make you feel connected to them because they shared similar experiences?
1: It was D, all of the above, girl, all of the above. And I, you know, it was always this image, infertility was always this image of a being a very white woman, Caucasian world. And anytime you saw any brochures about infertility and OBGYN, it was always a Caucasian woman and man that were married, heterosexual. And that was it. There was no representation for the black, brown and Hispanic, the non-Caucasian world uh, people. And so I I didn't feel seen or heard when I was going through it. And I also was very silent about it, too. And that was another contributing factor to a lot of the emotional turmoil that I went through because I wasn't vocal about it I was vocal about everything else in life but infertility I was not vocal about and black women are perceived and Hispanic women are perceived as being hyper fertile and that we don't have trouble with having babies and that's that slave mentality coming back up and having those breeding farms where all black women all they did was breed and have slave masters babies and whoever else baby they felt they needed to continue that 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 travesty and so being able to get doctors and authors and public figures that come on the podcast and speak about it and just finding community um getting to know people in a way where you talking to them offline now and you're close with them and you sending each other stuff in the mail and it's a beautiful thing and originally i has created i was going to create the podcast for black women only and i changed because And made it all inclusive to anyone because of my own upbringing and being from a diverse town here. It wasn't to only exclude and not to say that women, black women are not worthy of having their own space just for them. That's not what I'm saying. And I don't want anybody to take it that way. It's just that to the core of who I am and the people in my life, my life is diverse. And so I couldn't close it off to just just black women, because there's a lot of women and men hurting deeply. And I'm talking people are having miscarriages like you have your menses every month and people having stillbirths and all types of horror, horrible, horrible things happening to them. And so I just wanted to create a safe space. And I found a lot of healing by being in the community, even though I have my son now.
0: That is so beautiful. I I really applaud this because a space was needed for Black women. Like you said, whenever we're talking about infertility, usually white women are at the forefront of that. They have the money to pay the hundreds of thousands of dollars for in vitro and all of that. And to try it several times, there's a whole community of women who also want children that don't have that type of access. So Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful that you've created this space and listening to your show, even though, um, you know the, the 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 subject matter is not my own personal battle. I mm-hmm. still felt you guys like mm. it was very informational. There were things that were discussed, and I don't remember her name, but she was the British lady. <laughs> okay. I, I okay. there were things that that were discussed, and I was like, well, I didn't even know that that was something that people who battle with infertility. Have to go through, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think that it's just important for us to all remember: you never know what anybody is going through, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that goes for all you people, older people, or even younger people that go up to women who you think should be moms by now, be like, "Hey, when you having a baby?" or "As soon as she, gets mm-hmm. it, when you're having, mm-hmm. a baby? like, like stop that because you never know." anybody else's personal struggle struggle and that woman that you're talking to she might not even want no damn kids you know what i'm saying so it's like mind your business
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: have an open heart because like i said you never know anybody else's personal struggle so shout out to you monique for creating a safe space for people battling infertility and giving you guys a, a different type of voice, a multicultural Thank you.
1: voice. Thank it's you. It's beautiful. Thank you. It really is. Yeah. I just wanted it to be a place where somebody going you know, Apple Podcasts and be like, Oh, I got infertility diagnosis or well, I think I have it and they search the word infertility, I pop up and they see my face. You know what I mean? That's all I wanted. And if you're out there, you're single, you're not married yet or don't know when that's going to happen for you, at least go and get yourself checked by a reproductive endocrinologist. Get the referral from your OBGYN and know your fertility status, just like, you know, your AIDS or STD status, because it could save it could save you a lot of time later on.
2: Amen to that. Well, um Monique, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Yes, we have talked about
1: so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> <laughs> Just scratched the surface a little bit. Yeah, very much so. We
2: scratched the surface a little bit, but we also talked about a lot. We gave people a lot to think about, gave people a lot of of, of encouragement, and then also, you know, something to go and research for themselves. So, can you please plug and let us know where we can listen to your podcast? If anybody has any questions about, you know, spirituality or religion or anything like that, if you're mm-hmm. open to that as well, where can we find you, and where can we also listen to your po- your podcast, and also your business, your 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 businesses as well?
1: Thank you, dear. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So the the the, and the podcast is called Infertility and Me. You can get on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, all the plugs. You can also find me on Instagram at Infertility and Me Podcast. And my website as well, infertilityandmepodcast.com. And you can hit me up, slide in my DMs, doesn't matter, on my website and or on Instagram. And if you're in the D.C., Northeast D.C., Washington area, my business is called O. The second word is Cooks, C-O-O-K-Z, O. -O O Cooks. It's in the Seat Pleasant on the borderline of Seat Pleasant in Northeast D.C. So we're like your urban neighborhood carryout.
2: Yes, y'all hit her up, please support. Shout out to y'all and her
1: magic, <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you for creating this space for us to speak about all the injustices and bullshit that happened at work. Cause I, y'all had me going, had me going. <laughs> This is amazing. I wish I still worked at somebody' company so I could talk bad about my coworkers. Send in some questions.
0: Well, you, you can write in about your babe. You know, <laughs> we'll do that a lot. So much
2: write much in good. about your customers anonymously. Oh girl, I, yeah, I
1: probably hit you up because I got a whole oh, lot of space for that. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, so much again. No, thank, you, thank on you, you. It's time
2: for the break room. It's the break room. It's the break room. What's your brain do? Girl, we finished with all the tea. Hey, 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 it's the break room. What's your break? do? It's the break <laughs> room. Yeah. well, we just uncovered a lot. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a break in the break room. So, y'all, after weeks of being... <laughs> i'm already laughing (laughs) after weeks of being bloated of capping and saying she's full from her hamburgers or whatever she over there eating child off of dust pans our girl summer walker is she is actually pregnant i guess claps for her baby on the track (laughs) we got baby on the track she took to instagram and finally showed her little baby bump but girl and and i was looking in the comments on the shade room everybody was like girl we already knew that like i hate when people be so pressed like no i'm bloated no i'm not pregnant no i'm not pregnant and then you come out and then say you're pregnant like I mean, I would have just rather you not even addressed any of the rumors or any yeah. of the comments at all. Because <laughs> at this point, it's like, okay, I'm I'm over it now. Or how about you just disappear
0: until you're ready to be out with your belly bump like a lot of us
2: normal people do? Correct. Yeah, because at this point, I'm like, okay. You could but have been
0: I- showing pictures of your face, your nails, whatever. Like, you, mm-hmm. you purposefully wanted the people in speculation. But shout out to you. Congratulations to you. Congratulations, child! In London's (laughs) thirteenth.
2: Congratulations, y'all! Well, Kevin Hart's um, Netflix special came out this week, and I actually got a chance to watch, and it was actually. Mm -mm. (laughs) I I, I did that moment of silence for (laughs) for a reason. It was okay. I'm not gonna say it was just totally boring. I did fall asleep within thirty minutes of the show. So Um, it was totally boring, (laughs) y'all. Kevin Hart is not funny. I feel like I feel like he's lost it a lot. I feel like he's lost his funny because "Laugh at My Pain" seriously funny when he first started. Like he was. I loved those stand-ups. Like I can watch those over and over again. These last couple of stand-ups, the one where he shot and where he did live from London or wherever he was over there in the United Kingdom. And then this one, I think the one before that, it's just it has not been that funny. This one is actually centered around him and his children, which of course he always talks about his, you know, his his life, his family, his family life. But he's talking about how he's over forty, how he don't care about nothing, and his wife and his children. But I mean, I guess shout out to Kevin Hart for getting a check. He did it in his home, and he ha- actually had an intimate setting. Like it looks like he's at a, looks like he's at a comedy club, but he's at his house. People are there; they have masks on. His house is very nice. So shout out to Kevin Hart. Hopefully, I can get a coin one day. Maybe we can have a Netflix special, the Black at Work Netflix special.
0: I'm not mad that white people are still paying you to uh, give these subpar jokes. Not at all. So get (laughs) your money, bruh. But Kevin Hart's just not my type of comedian. Like, I'm more of a Eddie Murphy Raw, Bernie Mac, Dave Chappelle. Who is the other legend? Who is the other other legend? His name is right on the tip of my tongue. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Mm. I'm so mad. I can't think of him. Every time I think of Quaaludes, I think of him. Jesus. Richard Pryor. Oh, my God. Richard Pryor.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Kevin's not my jam. He is corny to me. but I love Kevin. He's getting very corny as he gets older. So, Uh, (laughs) speaking of specials, another really good special came on HBO Max this week. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Reunion aired on HBO Max and it was really heartfelt touching. I felt like I was there. I felt like I was a part of the cast secretly on the wall or something, but it was really good and I think the biggest thing was that Uncle Phil wasn't there that really hurt me because I feel like it would have been so much of a better reunion if he was there. I mean, the reunion was great, but if he was there and they cried, they had a moment and honored him, but the really big thing that was really good for me was both of the Aunt Bivs came back.
1: Yes. And
2: that was amazing. And it was so crazy to find out that both of them had never met. Yep. Can you imagine? This has been, this show has been on. This is the 30-year reunion, okay? And they, both of the Aunt Bivs have never met. But I thought it was very mature of Will Smith. I, I thought it was very mature and just... A good thing for him to not dismiss her because she was she was on viv in the beginning and then she's
0: still the on viv that only black people
2: acknowledge.
0: (laughs) 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 Only black people acknowledge the dark skinned on viv.
2: I love the I love both the on vivs, but it was I do too. It wouldn't have been right if he wouldn't have brought her. So I'm so glad that he did that. And they actually sat down and come to find out it was a really, really, really big misunderstanding. He felt like she hated him and she felt like he didn't like her. And all the while she had things going on at home. She was in an abusive relationship. She had just had a child. And there is a big misconception that she was fired from the show, but she was not actually fired. She quit or not necessarily quit, but she had a baby and she couldn't come back. So she just said, I'm not going to be able to do it. So the big misconception was that she got fired, but she did not get fired. She just wasn't able to come back and commit. So they had a breakthrough moment though. That was the really big thing about it. And it's so sad because you think about all that time that it went by, like she was blackballed from Hollywood. She was out of work and all that time has passed. She could have probably been probably been really successful but because of the misunderstanding and he was very young he was 21 years old she was a woman at the time like you know when you young and you on top you know at that time you gotta think about it will Smith had all the movies he was a movie star wish the conversation could have been had way a long time ago but um it happened in the right time so the reunion special was really really good Fresh Prince of Bel Air, we watch it every day, cause my man he loves watching Fresh Prince. I'm like, can you be a little bit more predictable? Can we watch something else? It's <laughs> Fresh Prince and <of> Martin. Okay, <laughs> that's all we watch. But I, it, it was a really good reunion. Did you yeah. watch it? Then?
0: yeah and shout out to james avery like you said they had a very touching moment where they honored him and talked about him and talked about how just the influence that he had yeah. on their life i was over there crying too i'm sorry i will but <laughs> but shout out to james avery and shout out to will smith janet huber and everybody else that came for this reunion special when they were talking about this i thought that they were going to actually try to bring the series back and like have will as a 40 year old i don't know what we would be doing (laughs) but
2: um i'm glad that this was it and we got to see that yeah they know they knew exactly what to do do not mess the show up the show i can watch the same episode 155 million times as i've already seen it so shout out to them and thanks for that reunion speaking of reunion (laughs) do y'all remember i love new york yes i was hoping you brought this up That is
0: i my
1: love bitch yes. i love her
2: i love new york the show y'all you remember we used to watch it every week on vh1 chat well i love new york reunited is coming on on november 23rd which is that's on Monday, I believe. Yeah, that's Monday. And Chance, y'all remember the infamous Chance in New York? Like, everybody's going to be on there. I think all of the, the, the people that made the show famous. Y'all know New York. She, she wasn't about none of the bull. And then another reunion that's coming back is Hollywood Exes reunion. Did you used to watch Hollywood Exes? This was with Prince's ex-wife, Andrea Kelly's uh, ex-wife, Eddie Murphy's ex-wife, uh, Will Smith. This ex-wife was on there. All the ex wives child was on there. I used to watch it. Y'all know I watch all uh, the reality, but they're actually going to have a re- reunion as well. And that one is reportedly set to come on on November the 24th, the day after the I Love New York uh, reunited. So I will be watching both of those.
0: Mm, I don't get the Hollywood exes reunion, but I'm also the type of person that wouldn't even be on that show if I dated somebody famous. So don't um, no.
2: Yeah, I have no idea. They they Jeannie Mai is actually hosting the Hollywood Exes reunion, which is and Vivica A. Fox is hosting the I Love New York, which I I love Vivica. But Jeannie is hosting, so I mean, I don't know. I don't I saw a clip on VH one on a commercial and they were like talking about why she kept her last name andrea kelly so i mean i don't know what they're gonna i mean obviously she has a lot to talk she would have a lot to talk about because her her ex-husband is getting ready to go on trial maybe how that is affecting her family that's probably the only reason why people's gonna watch it because they probably want to know more information about um, r kelly but i'm still gonna watch because i did like hollywood exes that was a really good show let's move on to our new girls on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And before I do that, y'all, this week I'm not going to talk about Real Housewives of Potomac, if that's okay with y'all, because didn't a lot happen on this episode? Only thing that happened on the episode that really stuck out to me was when Robin and Giselle talked to Ashley about the whole, her writing a statement in support of Monique. And Robin told Ashley, like, so you basically trying to mess up this girl's name basically so on this next episode that's coming out tomorrow candace is going to confront ashley about this so i think that will be a more juicier time for us to talk about it which is next week so let's talk about real housewives of salt lake city whoop (laughs) whoop because Dana like she over Potomac anyway over Potomac (laughs) y'all hoes are done for me y'all
0: keep that mean girl shit and take it somewhere else bye
2: so Real Housewives of Salt Lake City the drama continues so okay this fight with Mary and Jen about the hospital smell girl I it's, it's almost like how Trump keeps talking about how he keep he's still campaigning trying to get money and how he about to do this inauguration like Like, give it up, Jen. She's harping on this. And it doesn't even make sense. It's like, she said it smelled like hospital. She did
0: not say... You smell like a hospital, and it was because you were at the hospital with your aunt getting her legs amputated, and that's why you stink. Like, Jen is making this such a thing, and I wonder if it's because, you know, she's in her first season on Real Housewives. She's trying to drum Mm -hmm. up some drama so that she can stay. Ma'am, your personality and that fake-ass face is going to have you on this show. So you don't even have to nitpick these stupid-ass arguments with Mary, who I've switched teams with team mary <laughs> you don't have to keep doing that your beef with mary is completely unfounded it please is. go sit down go get your lips pumped back up because they didn't went down from all this talking you've been doing about this shit and have several
2: seeds. Yeah, she's Jen harping on this, like Wendy harped on Karen glazing over her damn doctor title. Like, let it go, sis. Please, <laughs> let it go. And, like, we're over it. And, you know, Mary, y'all, I just feel like now, let, let me talk about your friend real quick, Dana. Mary is not all the way there, child. What she be talking? It's like she be talking to herself, then a couple more her personalities will come over and say something to her. And she be like, hold <laughs> on. It's like this bitch got Tourette's. Like, <laughs> yes, that's the best part of
0: her. She, I'm pretty sure part of her brain is missing from and all the surgery she had getting her sweat glands removed. Maybe they had to remove from her brain. But
2: this is my Girl. bitch now. Like, I love her. I love she, she is not all the way there. I'm like, at one point I feel like she about to get a knife out and slice somebody and the next minute she's like, oh my gosh, you know, I would never want to hurt you. Then the next minute she, well, I don't care that your, that your, that your aunt got a, a legs amputated. Like, I'm like, what is going on? But the many personalities of Mary I guess <laughs> and not to talk about anybody if anybody out there has a disability that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying she's a little all over the place yeah. also Whitney and Lisa had a little thing about her bartenders getting drunk at her <laughs> bowel renewal and I'm just like I don't I, I, I also feel like that's not a thing but they're also making that a thing to your point because they're in their first season that's And I don't feel like Whitney was coming at her business. She was coming at the people that you had representing your business. I don't know. And that's I, what I'm like, confused about because... When Lisa got all hyped off of
0: that shit, she's like, you're attacking my business. You're attacking my business. Yeah. What you should have took from that conversation was called homeboys that you had sent over there to disperse the and be like, why are you dis- disrupting my business? Why are you making me look bad on national TV? So yeah,
2: Lisa, girl. Be
0: like Jen and go sit down. <laughs> Everybody goes <sit> to down.
2: <laughs> right. And Heather is <laughs> putting too much energy speaking of lisa heather's putting too much energy into lisa not liking her you know i want her to come off that
0: so bad because it makes her look like she has the lowest self-esteem yes and
2: that's great, and for what heather you own a Multi-million-dollar business. She says how much her business makes, and she makes a lot of money. Like, if 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 she didn't like me, okay, I, okay, I'm I'm the same way. I'm not pressed. I don't know you either, bitch. I'm on the same <laughs> exactly. Like what like, you giving me. Keep so her, give her that same energy that she give, give her. her give her the same energy, and I love Heather. Now Heather's my girl. I'm I'm really into Heather. I feel I like love Heather. I feel like I love her, like, perspective. I like how she, you know, asks a lot of questions. I don't know. I like, I really like Heather, but I will say, their thing, her, <laughs> Heather and Lisa had a thing to where Heather sent, no, Lisa sent Heather a text message saying, is she going to be at some, at, at the chalet's party or whatever, and all Heather text back was a thumbs up. So, Lisa took that as a, F you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the thing about it is, you know, when Lisa confronted her about it, she was like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. But in her confessional, Heather was like, it did mean the producer asked her, well, did you mean, did you really mean like that's a F you? And she was like, yeah, I watched Watch What Happens Live, the after show. And Heather was on there. And Andy asked her about it. And Andy was like, you know, did you mean that? She was like, yeah, I regret not saying that. So I would say, yeah, it it, it meant F you, girl. Like, I thought you didn't know me. So why are you texting me about if I'm coming to a party or not? Right. It honestly feels like we're in like their third season because there's (laughs) a lot going on. Like they came out the gate running. Everyone has something juicy going on in their lives. And also usually you see marriages, marriage issues like the second or third season. But this week. You know, we found out Meredith and her husband are actually separated. Uh, That's sad because I like him. I I saw his personality on this episode, on this past episode, and I really like him. And she's trying to keep it a secret, and he thinks she might be cheating on him. So I don't know what their status is now, of course. I I have no idea, but I, I, I like them as a couple. They've been together since they were like in their teens, like 19, 18, 19 years old.
0: And I like Meredith. I love her energy. I like you how she Meredith. is with her, chi- her children. I like how she just does not seem pressed. Like, yes. she just shows up. She comes, stunts,
2: and leaves. Like, she's not here for you bitches. I like Meredith. I like Meredith a lot. And, Jen, you fake for having a party for Meredith. And the party is all about you, Jen. Mm. How? <laughs> and lastly, one more thing I want to say about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's Whitney's dad's wig. Now I know Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> I know he come on there looking like Naruto. <laughs> <Y'all>, <laughs> I'm like Dragon Ball Z. And- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, got Dragon Ball Z alone? Look, Whitney, y'all got enough money to get your daddy a new wig. Come on. And I know, I know, he has a pain pill problem. He has a drug problem. But, baby, get him a new wig, sis. Get him a new wig. Call Karen and ask Karen. <laughs> he to okay. She got a new wig <laughs> She'll <a long> want one. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to some new music that came out this week. Meg Thee Stallion came out with her. Y'all know I mentioned this last week that she was going to be coming out with a new album. It dropped called Good News. I have not listened to it yet. I'm so sorry, but I will listen and report back to y'all next week good album listen
0: to it dana yeah people who love meg are gonna love this album she went up she again this girl can spit and a lot of these tracks she's really just spitting hardcore rap like she called tori Lanez a bitch for about three minutes straight so that oh, was boy. lit. and <laughs> no, i'm just playing for people who like meg and like her music you're gonna love this album you probably already heard it
2: Yeah, she came out with a new album. And then also Jasmine Sullivan has a new single called Pick Up Your Feelings. I haven't heard that one yet either, but I'm definitely going to listen because I love her other song, Lost One. And then also DaBaby came out with a new album. I feel like these rappers, I keep saying this, come out with new albums every five seconds. I feel like he just came out with an album in January, didn't he, child?
0: I don't know, but this new single he got out is hot. I don't even know the name of the song, but I've been replaying it over and over and
2: over it's again. the I think. Yes, yes, I love the baby though. I like the baby too. His new album is called My Brother's Keeper. Long live G. You remember we talked about his brother dying on the show as well. So looks like this one is dedicated to him. Go listen to all those. New, go listen to the albums, y'all. I'm, I'm gonna listen to the albums. I'm gonna report back to y'all next week. Um, And I'll definitely be reporting on Real Housewives of Potomac next week. And that is all that we have for the break room. And actually that's all that we have for today's show. We have uncovered so much. I feel like we talked about so much stuff today. And I feel like today was a little bit less daunting because I feel like every week we're talking about somebody dying or so. Thank you so much for our guest, to our guest Monique for coming today. Oh my gosh. She spit a lot of gems, a lot of jewels. We'll be back next week. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: We will not be back next week because it's the holiday. So we will see you guys the week after. Have a happy, safe um, white people coming over Killing Niggas Day. And we'll see you guys in December. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving,
2: y'all. Bye.